I just think right now, women, especially in business, this is the year of women. I just know that. Life begins at 150 grand a year. Life gets better at 250, and life gets real good at 500. Nobody can tell me differently on it. When you start teaching something, I feel like that's when you start to master the actual art of it. You and I, when we publish a book, we can go toe-to-toe with any of the New York trade publishers, any of the big-time authors, and we get to compete in that marketplace and then let the market decide whether our stuff is good. People forget sometimes as an entrepreneur, the whole damn point of entrepreneurship is to make money. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com. And let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Hi, everyone. My name is Heather Havenwood, and welcome to Insights with Influencers and Entrepreneurs and Badass Like badasses like you, like a boss. I am super excited today to be on the call today with someone who I have crossed paths many times at conferences. And the reason I share that is because I've been to so many different events and conferences and you meet some amazing people. And sometimes you forget how, how much you meet basically. You just kind of forget that. So when she said, Hey, I met you here, here, here. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes, I did. I remember that. We met at Joe Sugarman, right? Denise. Mm-hmm. We met a traffic and conversion summit. What year was that? Probably four or five years ago. Oh my gosh. Is yeah. that long? I think so. Well, you know, one of the things I love about conferences is we actually get an opportunity to not only connect, but we're, that means we're kind of on the same page. And one of the things about my podcast, I like to bring together people that actually are on the same page as me. And so something that I want to share with everybody who Denise is, I'm explaining to you who she is. And what I love about her is she's a badass female entrepreneur that not only has one company, the girl's got three companies. So you're definitely a badass and I really appreciate you being here. So let me tell you who Denise is, and that's Denise. Denise Gosnell. Did I say that right, by the way? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yay. Good is, job. Thank you. <laughs> Denise Gosnell is a serial entrepreneur, business strategist, protect, productivity hacker, attorney, author, and real estate investor. Denise owns three companies, a coaching training company, a law firm, and a real estate company. Through her company, The Vacation Effect, I kind of like that name because vacations, thank you. Uh, Denise helps busy entrepreneurs learn how to use some unconventional scheduling and growth strategies to grow their business even faster, up to 40% less. Sweet. So let's get into this. So first of all, um, where are you located? Where are you calling from? Indianapolis, Indiana. Nice. Very 
nice. Very cool. So uh, you're an attorney by trade. Mm-hmm. How yeah, in the world did you go from attorney to entrepreneur? Yeah, um, I've been an attorney for almost 20 years, but I've always been an entrepreneur at heart ever since I was a kid. I come from an entrepreneurial family. So I just wanted to be able to use my own creativity and not have a boss. You know, like your whole podcast is like a boss. I like being the boss. <laughs> so I was tired of making everybody else all the money. So I ventured out on my own. My first entrepreneurial effort at professionally was starting my own law firm about uh, 14 years ago. What so, kind of law did you start? What kind of law firm did you start? I started with? out as a patent lawyer. I used to do work for large tech companies. But I, the, as part of my story, I got burned out on that so yeah. a long time ago. Then I started serving um, internet marketing. Uh, I, I, I discovered going to conferences. I wanted to make money while I sleep. So, um, and that's where I met you over the years at some of these different internet marketing conferences. But I realized that these multi-million dollar internet marketers were doing, being so successful and had come across money quickly with some of the things that they were doing, but they weren't protecting themselves. So I carved out a whole new niche of transitioning from patent law into becoming an internet marketing lawyer, so to speak. I know a lot of people don't use that term anymore, but that's kind of where I started. That's what everybody was calling it. Well, there is a whole new world with that. I just had a conversation with my personal injury attorney last night and we were talking about that. And I'm I'm actually looking at going to a a joint venture situation with an internet marketer. And I'm like, what's a publishing deal? And he's like, what's that mean? And I'm (laughs) like, okay, well, there's content and publishing. And he's like, well, who owns what, you know? And I'm like, ah. And those are like 99% of my clients are all in that niche. So like I get that stuff and I tell them the pitfalls that they need to look out for. Yeah. Yeah. So I might be hiring you because I'm in a conversation right now. So uh, (laughs) good timing. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to, I just want to kind of share my experience with that and, and just kind of speak to that. Someone's listening going, you don't know what you mean. If you're an internet, what I call internet marketing, and I'm going to rephrase that for people. If, if you, if, if you've created a product, where it's your knowledge of something and it's in some kind of digital form, that is actually a publishing business. Okay. And I'm not speaking to you, speaking to them. So you already know this. It's like their information in your head. If you know how to do Facebook ads and you're teaching a Facebook ad course, let's say you are teaching your knowledge that is called now publish. You're now in the publishing business. Some people say, Oh, I'm in the internet marketing business or whatever. It's like, actually, you're no, you're in the publishing business. You're publishing your own information. So think of a book, right. Or course, whatever. So I want to speak to that, what they're, what we're saying. And then internet marketing, that's, you know, that's a term that's been, transformed to digital marketing and knowledge-based marketing, all kinds of stuff. So I, I just want to speak to someone's listening going, what does that mean exactly? Right. Uh, and when you're dealing with information and marketing um, world, I want to kind of, you know, pass the baton to you. What are the things in the publishing world that in the, as a lawyer, and I know we're going to move into something else is what are the, what are the pitfalls? What are some pitfalls that a lot of people you find deal with? A couple of the biggest pitfalls that I see um, is ownership of the intellectual property of all these contractors that people are paying for. You've dealt with this before too, Heather. I think we may have talked about this briefly, but making sure that these contractors that you're hiring to create your websites for you, to write your content for you, whatever it is, that you actually have a written agreement with them giving your company the ownership of that. Because otherwise, the contractor owns the work product, owns the copyright in the work product under the U.S. copyright laws, and you're just getting a license for it unless your contract says otherwise. So that's a big pitfall. That's one of the biggest things I'm constantly cleaning up for clients after the fact is ownership of IP of their contractors. Um, and yeah, another one is just making point. sure you have, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, no, that's a big one because I've, I've fallen into that completely mm-hmm. where I had a contractor, this is a true story, mm-hmm. I had a contractor that I trusted, as I thought, put, she put a hole that's, you know, in my 
in my WordPress is a back, we call it back in a hole. Back door, yeah. yeah. It's a back door hole. So when I shut her out of the, the server on the plus side and the high level of not just the website, but the server side, she still had a hole. Mm-hmm. And it took me months to find that hole. Mm-hmm. But by that time that I found the hole, she'd already, she'd already downloaded the entire site and moved it. Right. So, um, it's in, so she knows doesn't, doesn't need access to the server. I'm trying to explain to people that you think though you have access to the server, you're saved. Now mm-hmm. you can get backdoor of the whole copy, the site, and then move the, move the DNS and you're done. It was right. like that. Right. And uh, I was literally blown away because I thought I'm protected. I'm protected. I'm protected. Mm-hmm. And never in a million years, I thought she would put a hole in a mole right. on the site. Right. Well, and that I, even speaks to the other side of the coin. You know, yeah. I was talking about legal ownership, but if somebody is shady like that, no contract in the world is, is even going to protect you. So in that scenario, no, you never want to give any one person all the keys to the kingdom. Like um, none of my assistants ever have all the logins where they could do that kind of damage, but you still have to be careful because even what login they have, they can still hurt you. Absolutely. I think of things like, um, I mean, Facebook has different roles. You can have admin level and different, but, but, um, LinkedIn doesn't Instagram doesn't mm-hmm. Twitter doesn't. So if you have someone who's doing your social media or even a company that's doing like a, a, a posting, a Hootsuite, you know, who really owns that content? Right. And then the other one is like the list, right? That's another pitfall. Is that right? Mm-hmm. The contact list. Yeah. And just being crystal clear in your agreements with these vendors, you know, who owns what and what their, what their admin authority is. And I, I put in all my uh, ad agency contracts clauses that say like, you agree never to tamper with my ID or to shut me out of my own account. And if so, it's a breach of this contract. It's just, again, you'd still have to sue somebody that did it, but at least you have something to point to if they had anything to get. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is a great conversation. Let me tell you something and I'll tell you everybody, I have been screwed over on this. Mm-hmm. more than once. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big problem. And a lot of lawyers don't get it because they don't mm-hmm. understand this business. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what's valuable, not valuable. They do not get a publishing model world at all. And that is why I have been screwed is because mm-hmm. I didn't have someone like you. I didn't contact you, which I should have and contact you and have someone like you. So let's talk about, um, what vacation effect is though? Let's move into that, the fun stuff. So yeah. let's talk about vacation effect and why did you start that business? Yeah. So I actually had been working my ass off like so many of your audience to, you know, have it all. You know, I wanted to have the nice house, the nice cars, provide well for my family um, and be able to take trips wherever I wanted to go and have one of the freedom as an entrepreneur. So it's like I wanted it all. But what happened was I had a life changing house fire uh, eight years ago in June 20th, 2011 where I realized I wasn't living my life in alignment with what really mattered to me. There I was working my ass off as a patent lawyer, making more money than any human should ever make because like lawyer, patent lawyers are like the highest paid lawyers on the planet. And I was making a crazy amount of money for, for what I was doing. And but it, it, here I was paying for this house that when it was on fire, I didn't even care about the stuff that was burning. And there was actually a question that the fireman asked me when he locked up, knocked on my door and he said, you know, Miss Gosnell, what do you want us to retrieve? in the next five minutes before your house is ruined by fire and water. And I didn't even know my house was on fire. So once I figured out we were on, we were struck by lightning. So, you know, once I realized we were on fire, I'm then processing his question. What do you want us to go retrieve in the next five minutes before your house is destroyed by fire and water? 
And so there I am. And I, how I answered him was like a, a blow to my soul or an ins- It was actually, it was not a blow to my soul. It was revealing of my soul's true intention. Because what I said, what do you think I said to him? You think I asked him to go get the jewelry in the drawers or the artwork on the wall? No, that's what I thought I might have said. But no, it was go get my daughter, my five, then five-year-old daughter's favorite blanket or her favorite toy. My grandmother's blanket she made me as a child. My grandmother's passed and we were very close. My wedding photos on the piano and around the house. I got married 25 years ago. I don't have those digitally. All I have are those photos on the piano um, and around the house. That's what I had the firemen go get. And so Heather, there I was watching my house burn for like eight hours in the rain with these three fire trucks there putting it out, standing in my neighbor's garage, watching it burn going, wow. I just had them retrieve all sentimental stuff. And here I am working my ass off, make, you know, to pay for the seven figures of debt, this beautiful house. The, the stuff I had them retrieve didn't mean, it was, was what really mattered to me. Yeah. So that was when I, I decided that day that I was no longer going to pursue something for the sake of money. I was going to do it because it made me happy. But I also decided there was nothing wrong with having money, as long as you didn't do it at the expense of what mattered to you. So I was trying to reconcile it too. Does that make sense? Like it's okay to want nice things, but not if you hate what you're doing. Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. No, I understand. It's, it's kind of a catch 22. People want to have money, but it's like, what, at what cost? I, and I'll share my story a little bit that happened in like the last 24 hours. Uh, I live in downtown Austin and it's quite expensive you know, and, uh, just in the world of Austin. Okay. And I went to go visit a friend of mine in Bastrop, which is only 27 miles away, but it's, it's Bastrop and it it is what it sounds like. It's Bastrop. Okay. (laughs) So it's small little town. It's little Bastrop. So, you know, I mean, driving around this tiny town and the guy that I'm visiting is an internet marketer. He's a big time marketer. He's got this, all this people there working for him. And, uh, he's a, he's from LA. He's a total like LA dude. He's not a, Bastrop guy, you know, and I'm like, why do you live in Bastrop? It's the last thing I said to him before I left. And he's like, um, I have a five bedroom, two bath house for $180,000. I just bought that office for like $100,000. And I have people working for me half basically for free. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, and I'm yeah. sitting there looking around and then I went to go get my, this is my, this is the big one. I went to go get my car wash. It's a really nice car wash. And I pull up and I go, what are your options? They go, we've got, we got the $6. We got the $12 and the $16. And I'm like, what? <laughs> the exact same car wash in Austin's like 30. Mm-hmm. And I went, I'll take the $12. They're like, all right. And they, wa- they had a hand person wash it. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, what am I doing? I am paying triple the amount of money. And I thought to myself, what am I paying it for? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I, for what? Right. For why? So I understand that and, and I don't have kids. So it's like, I don't have to worry about where I live in the school district. I really could live anywhere. If I wanted to be in Podunk, Oregon, like I technically could. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I choosing to live downtown Austin? Why am I choosing to pay three times the amount of, for a cup of coffee? Mm-hmm. You know, $35 for a car wash, just what I can do for $12 in Bastrop. You know, mm-hmm. I think that there comes a time when you're like, why am I, is that what kind of happened to you? Yeah. It's like wanting to, I value my freedom more than I value the money, but I also learned, I stumbled onto this by accident that you can actually have both. 
And we can talk about that if you want. Like, yeah, let's go there. Yeah. So, so after the fire, that's where I decided that, you know, Hey, I, 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 I no longer, I'm going to do stuff that I hate um, just because of the money. But I also realized that I want to still make a nice living for my family because we like to travel and do fun things. Yeah. But I will never again do it at the expense of something I hate. So what happened, Heather, was I spent the next several years trying to figure out how to reconcile the two. The first thing I did was I started representing a lot more internet marketers. And we already talked about all that. But I, So I, I stopped doing the patent stuff. And I was so much happier, but I was still working all the time. So I hadn't figured out. I was like, okay, great. I've recreated the income from before, but I am still working all the time. I don't have the time with my family. So that's, not, that's no good. That's not the freedom that I'm looking for. So I went to this meditation retreat about three years ago. And um, I went there, we were supposed to come with one question that we wanted to have answered. So I went there with wanting the question answered of how can I have this Tuesday, Thursday schedule that I've always wanted. And let me explain what quickly what I mean by that. I always have said, someday when I have more time and when I have more money, I'm going to take Tuesdays and Thursdays for myself just to do whatever makes me happy. You know, all that stuff we never have time to get around to, all those interests, all those hobbies, all those charities. So I always call that my Tuesday, Thursday schedule. That was my dream. So I go to this meditation conference with the question of how can I have my Tuesday, Thursday schedule? And when we were doing this meditation retreat out on the cold, crisp lawn in the morning dew, I, you know, it was like a half an hour meditation. That was a question I asked. And during that meditation, they had us do a certain way. The answer I got was, it was so profound. It was so life-changing. It was, what are you waiting for? All you have to do is make today what you want tomorrow to be. I'm like, hmm, what does that mean? All you have to do is make today what you want tomorrow to be. So I'm like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to pull this off, but you know what? I heard that loud and clear, like God or my soul or whoever it was whispering it into my ear. I'm like, you know what? There's nothing going to kill me about doing a 30-day experiment. So this is where the vacation effect was born. So I did this 30-day experiment of my Tuesday-Thursday schedule. I'm like, you know what? At the end, I had, my, I had you know, my real estate company, my law firm. You know, I had um, a little bit of a publishing company. It wasn't really doing anything, um, but I had three companies then. Two of them were the main ones. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to reschedule my life to where Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays is when I run my companies. Tuesdays and Thursdays are my freedom days for whatever brings me joy. That, that, that's what I call them now. I hadn't called it that yet. But I'm just, all right, I'm just going to try it for 30 days and see what happens. So that's what I did. I rescheduled all my appointments, you know, because I had stuff all scattered throughout the week. And Heather, it was painful for the first 30 days. Because, you know, there I was, this workaholic who'd been working 70, 80 hours a week for, for 20 years, like to go to that kind of schedule. It was terrifying. But what was in, you know what I mean? Like to totally try to fit everything into three days. Like, does that make you almost nauseous thinking about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it felt to me. But what was interesting was I ended up after the first couple of weeks, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It was really, like, it was really intense on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, but I had so much fun on those Tuesdays and Thursdays doing the stuff I'd always put off, the, the stuff that I'd always wanted to do, different hobbies, visiting friends and family, just doing whatever made me happy waking up and saying, what do I want to do today that's going to make me happy? Like, what a question. What will make me happy today? Like, who does that? We just wow. don't time for that. Right. So I started becoming excited for my Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm like, okay, I got to get this shit done so that I can have my day tomorrow and I can have my, my time with myself. And what ended up happening was I, all these inefficiencies started bubbling to the top. I realized where I was wasting time. I realized how I was staggering meetings in ways that were totally inefficient. I realized I was saying yes to things that I should have never been saying yes to. Like there were just like a shit ton of things that surfaced up during that 30 days that I realized I was wasting so much time. Holy and then I had this light bulb go off. Okay. And this is where the vacation effect comes from. You know how right before you go on vacation, you get like a month's worth of work done in like two days yes. before. Yes. And you're like, 
man, I wish I could be that efficient all the time. Right. Well, what if you actually can be by forcing it into your schedule like I've done? That's what I actually ended up dis- discovering, that you can have that super, I call it hyper-efficiency every single week of your life if you just schedule it that way. And that's what ended up happening to me. So after 30 days, I decided to do a 60-day experiment. I decided to extend it for 90 days. And after 90 days, I was hooked and I'm like, holy shit, I will never go back to my old ways. So now I have this schedule where I run my three companies three days a week. And the two days a week are for me for freedom. Now, if I have an event or something, I adjust it accordingly. Um, You know, like if I'm going to traffic and conversion or whatever, I I adjust my freedom day schedule accordingly to travel. But like tomorrow is a freedom day for me. I get to wake up and say, hey, what's going to make me happy today? What do I want to do that brings me joy? And if brings me joy is working on a book manuscript, I do it. If, If it means starting a totally new adventure that I've always wanted to do, I do it. Like there's no limit to what that means. Whatever brings me joy. I sense? love it. So can yeah. you give us, I'm looking at your site right now, which is a vacation effect.com vacation mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I see that you were at genius network, which is super yeah. cool. He's cool. Thanks. Um, I'm speaking at the annual event in November. If any of you, if you or any of your audience are going to be, be there, look me up. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Wings yeah. of success. I think you and I were both in the wings of success summit, the, the original one. Um, cool. That's really awesome. Um, so tell us about the actual program itself. Like what actually, what do you teach? Let's, let's say there. Like if someone went through the program, of the, the program, the vacation effect, mm-hmm. what would they be learning? What is that? Yeah. So the first thing I have them do, and, and, and some of this is what some people may have already done before, but you can't know where you want to get to if you don't know where you're at. So the first thing we do is we actually have people identify, you know, where are you now? What's really important to you? I asked them my house fire question. What would you go retrieve from, from your own house? You know, we work through like the reality check of where you're at right now. Um, and then we, of course, map out where you want to go. And for people that have already done, you know, Lifebook or some other programs or they've already mapped out exactly where they want to get to, great. They get that part done fast. But then I help them work through their own 30-day experiment. And this is the real secret sauce that my my, uh, 12 uh, entrepreneurial CEO beta testers that I took through the program, many of whom you know, uh, if you look at my testimonial sheet, like they loved it. They said, this is your secret sauce, Denise. It's how I work them through the 30-day experiment and then start teaching you to identify the inefficiencies in your life and then to start restructuring your life around what makes you happy while fitting in the things that you need to do as an entrepreneur. And then once we work through the 30 day experiment, shit's going to surface. Like you're going to have hurdles come up. Like that's the nature of it. It's meant to ruffle feathers. It's meant to show you where you're wasting time. Things are going to feel painful. And then I start giving you tools one by one by one, how to create time out of thin air, how to improve your goal setting in a way you never thought was possible. Cause most of us are shitty at goal setting. We think we know what we're doing, but I was terrible at it until I realized what I was doing wrong. I show you how to become a better um, delegator. Most of us are not doing very good delegation. We think we're doing, we're clear on what we're asking no. our no. team to do, what we're not. I help them make sure they have policies and procedures in place. So literally I'm dissecting each part of their business that has to be optimized in order for my, my recommended schedule to work. Because if you want to work 40% less than you're doing now, guess what? Every part of your business is going to have to become a rock star in order for that to work. That's really true. Um, I can honestly say to you, I'm not doing this. So that's really awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but but it's like that. you have to identify it first before you can optimize it. And then the victory on the other side is being able to get as much done in three days, at least for me, as, as I used to in six and um, more importantly than that, um, is just having the, the freedom 
as an entrepreneur that we deserve, that we haven't stepped into and we claim. You know, one of my favorite, oh, go ahead. That's really interesting. So I want to go there for just a second because that's really great. I'm going to change that. So um, I think that when you have freedom, but you're not owning the freedom, it's from there that things get really messy. It's almost like, let me say it another way. Uh, I love this analogy. When people who leave prison, like literally prison, they have a hard time in the free world. Because if you really think about the, the incarceration system, mm-hmm. they don't have to work for food, right? They're not, they're just taught to survive. So if they're in there for 10 or 15 years, they're taught to to survive whatever's going on on a, on a relationship level, on the mm-hmm. social economic scale. They're not taught to uh, work for food. They're not taught to do all kinds of stuff. And so they have a hard time. They actually, there's actually studies that show that many people who've been incarcerated prefer to go back to incarceration. Mm-hmm. They feel more safe. They mm-hmm. don't know how to live in this free world. That's kind of how entrepreneurship is. Mm-hmm. When you work for, let's say you, someone has worked for a company for a long time, or they have their own company, there's a lot of drama in it. They're so used to the drama. They're so used to the const, old construct that when they get into freedom, they don't know. It feels weird. Mm-hmm. It feels like something's off here. I'd rather go back to the drama. I'd rather go back to the prison. It feels safe. Yeah. It's like we've been taught in our entrepreneurial culture. You have leaders like Elon Musk and late, late Steve Jobs, these guys that are known for working their asses off Gary Vee, the hustle, the hustle, the hustle. It's like, and I love those guys for all like, so many different reasons. But where I disagree with them is that that's the only way. You don't have to always be in the hustle. It's not all about the grind because the grind and the guilt that you have about feeling like you have to work all the time keeps you from actually working smarter. And there are ways you can work smarter when you're willing to step back and say, you know what? I'm not going to allow myself to work 80 hours this week. What if I only allowed myself to work 40 or 30? How would I do things differently? Some of my best ideas, Heather, have come from when I forced myself to get it done in 30 or 40 instead of 80. Because you don't waste money. You don't waste resources. You have to delegate more. You have to be clear. You have to be better. And it just raises the level on everybody for the better. Yeah, I love this. This it, it sounds a little bit like uh, I don't know if it, and I'm not trying to compare your work, sure. okay? But I know that what I've read about strategic coach, mm-hmm. you know, and he talks about free days and freedom days as the words he uses. You yeah, know, he doesn't use the word freedom days. He uses free days and focus days and buffer days. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. I was in strategic coach for like seven or eight years, and this is oh. this is a different um, aspect. It's like. It, strategic coach is where I first learned the importance of actually taking time for myself. And then I'm taking it to a whole new level of saying, I'm challenging entrepreneurs to claim their freedom and say, you know what, why don't you figure out how to give yourself one or two business days a week? That's just yours for whatever you want, creative creativity, joy, fun, travel, whatever you decide brings you joy and teaching you how to make space to do that in your life and giving you the tools to help you do that in your life. Okay. Well, you're hired. <laughs> you're like this is an interview yeah. you're hired i feel like i'd love to work with you i was yeah i you know yeah. This is really this is exactly where i'm at mm-hmm. and i you know just sharing and i know you know just sharing like i just went through sorry three days of um going through my office and uh that was a big deal because i haven't cleaned up my office in like eight years <laughs> and so i had to go through like dan kennedy books <laughs> You know, all the books and papers and oh, oh, like this bag from Traffic and Conversion Summit in 2016. What's this for? You know, you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, should I go through that? You know, anyway, 
stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. I realized that I, I, you know, just like what you said, it's like, I'm not taking time for myself. Things are, Mm -hmm. things are cluttered and we get so caught up in the day to day. We're not looking around us. And here, here's, here was a big aha. So you can't see my desk right now, but I put, posted this online. The desk I had literally took up the room to, oh, wow. to get to each side. You had to like hit the wall on each side. You had to like do this. Okay. <laughs> it was huge. And I thought, oh, I can't go down in a desk. I'm now in a desk that is literally this big and it's only that wide. And it's one of those ones that go up and down. And it's completely clean and there's nothing. I thought, Oh, I can't survive without a huge desk. Are you kidding me? This is the best ever, you know, clear desk, clear mind. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, look, I have all this room in my office. And guess what I did? I now created a studio. Right. And I thought, wow, what I, what do I love to do? I love video. I love podcasting. I love this. This is the kind of stuff I love to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I spent four days going through my office to create something I love to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I, anyway, so I get where you're at. That's why I'm like, okay, you're hired. (laughs) Thank you. But you know, that's so important too, because it's like, we all have, I call them the someday maybes. We all have these someday maybes that we say someday when I have more time, I'm going to do this someday when I have more money, I'm going to do that. My, I'm here to tell you, and you may have heard this quote before, someday is not a day of the week. If not now, when the hell are you ever going to do it? I don't mean just you, everyone listening. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. About that. It's like, that's the kind of stuff I do on my Tuesdays and Thursdays. That stuff I always said, someday I'm going to get around to that. Now I have the space in my life for them. And I, here's what I didn't tell you before, Heather. The year of this experiment three years ago, I ended up grossing and, and netting the most money in my life that I had ever made, even after my patent law days. Why is that? When I forty percent less, isn't that crazy? But how? Why is that? Like I've heard this kind of story so many freaking times. But why is that? Well, and for in that example, it was because I was focusing on the 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 twenty eighty, the eighty twenty of actually the part that actually mattered. I was producing the results with the least amount of time. You know, everybody, you, you've, you've heard of the Pareto principle, I'm sure. And for those of your listeners that haven't, it's the 80-20 rule that yeah. it's said that 80% of your efforts only produce 20% of your results, yet 20% of your efforts are said to produce 20, 80% of your results. And if that's really true, if 20% of your efforts produce 80% of the results, why aren't we as entrepreneurs and people in general focusing on that least amount of effort, that 20% of the effort that's going to get us 80% of the results. We're we done for the week after 20% of the hours. If all we did each day was focus on that 20% that's going to produce the 80% lever, literally we could work, you know, we could reduce our schedule and just only work 20% of the time and get just as much done as we did before. So that's the idea of what I'm talking about. It's like that closet. How many of you have like, you only wear 20% of your closet, the other 80%, I'm guilty of that, but I'm always pruning it to be like, okay, remember the 80-20 rule, Denise, it's time to get rid of stuff. <laughs> so, but it's so true. So that's why. Now, Heather, am I always going to keep making more money every year? No, I don't. That's not what I'm looking for. Like if I have to sacrifice like my lifestyle and my freedom in order to get there, I won't like, or if I get tired of doing something, I'm going to go with joy joy over money. But it was ironic that in the year that I did this for the first time, I still made more money than I'd ever made in my life. And I've continued maintaining it. Some years I've grown it. Sometimes it stayed the same. And yeah. I'm happy with that. 
you know, it depends on what every entrepreneur wants as to what they're looking for. I'm just happy with having the freedom and a great life for my family. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, yeah, I think as I get older, <laughs> God, that sounds horrible. Um, as I get older, it's like, I just want to do more vacations, mm-hmm. you know, and I, so I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm already looking at my schedule. I'm over here like, okay, what can I do? But I'm, I, and, and I just want to let everyone know, you should go to vacationeffect.com. Um, in there, you can actually sign up. I'm about to sign up right now for um, your growth hacking cheat, cheat sheet, mm-hmm. which looks really cool. Maybe share a little bit about what that is. Yeah, it goes into more detail on the Pareto principle and Parkinson's law and a lot of the things I've been talking about today on how people can create more space in their life for freedom and the things that make them happy. Yeah. And then it also tells them about how they can hop on a freedom session with me if they want to, to have a 45 minute one-on-one where we can chat about how to create this in their own life. And then for any of those that want to know more about my programs, we talk about that during that call as well. But there's no pressure if it's not something that they want. They're still going to get my time hacking checklist as a bonus. And that's the time hacking checklist after the freedom session. That's the cheat sheet that I use to create time out of thin air for myself. And I'll send that to you just as a as a, a bonus for having me on your podcast. You don't have to do the call with me to do to get that. I'm doing the call right now. You're yeah. <laughs> That's the teaser to get people on the call, but it's a really valuable checklist because it literally, it's what I do to get all my shit done in three days a week. Not shit. It's my wonderful work for clients and all the things that I love doing that generates revenue. <laughs> but in order to get it done in three days, yeah. I have to learn to create time out of thin air on a whim. And the, that, that cheat sheet, the time hacking um, checklist is what allows me to do that. It's all the strategies I use to do that. I love that. Um, and I just love the analogy of like, if you're going on vacation on Friday, it's fascinating how you get everything done by yeah. Thursday at two o'clock. So why are we, why, what is it that's happening there? It's forced hyper-efficiency in action. And that's what the growth hacking checklist teaches people about is forced hyper-efficiency and what that means and how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Well, uh, it's on the way. Go check out vacationeffect.com right now. I'm looking at the screen over here. It says your big, your growth hacking cheat sheets all the way. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> all okay. right. Um, go check it out. So, and Denise, any last words you want to share? Yeah. The one thing that I w- I hope everybody can keep in mind is that freedom. This is my favorite quote of, that I've come up with. Freedom is a mindset, not a destination. Mm-hmm. You choose to have freedom. It's not a destination you get to someday. Maybe you'll get to it when you retire. Freedom is a mindset, not a destination. That's so true. You choose it. Yeah, it's so true. What are you choosing today? Are you choosing to have freedom or are you choosing to be a slave to your business? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get that completely. This has been amazing. Denise, I really appreciate you. Um, you. Check it out at vac- vacationeffect.com. That's vacation. You know how to spell it, then you shouldn't be on it. And vacationeffect.com. Go check it out and go get your growth hacking cheat sheet right now. And if you want to get on a call with uh, Denise and have a conversation, see how she can help you um, produce the life that you love through this, then great. That'd be awesome. I know that I will be. So check it out. Hi everyone, this is Heather Havenwood. Check us out at heatherhavenwood.com as well as Like a Boss. You can find us on Pandora, Spotify, Roku, Apple, Google Play, and other places I can't think about right now. Um, and, and Alexa, Alexa, she talks back when I say that. Um, have a great day. This is heatherhavenwood.com. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise. I guess I'm talking about myself here. 
See, it might be your gut. It was mine. That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at energywithheather.com. Look, tens of thousands of real people, including myself, has used P3OM to manage constipation, bloating, gas, acid reflux, abdominal pain, and much more. Look, as you'll learn when you go to energywithheather.com, P3OM uses unique and patent strand that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut. So your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. I just think right now, women, especially in business, this is the year of women. I just know that. Life begins at 150 grand a year. Life gets better at 250, and life gets real good at 500. Nobody can tell me differently on it. When you start teaching something, I feel like that's when you start to master the actual art of it. You and I, when we publish a book, we can go toe-to-toe with any of the New York trade publishers, any of the big-time authors, and we get to compete in that marketplace and then let the market decide whether our stuff is good. People forget sometimes as an entrepreneur, the whole damn point of entrepreneurship is to make money. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss. Heather Havenwood. 